Welcome inside the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan alongside Chris Parliament on a Senators game day, 2 o'clock start. So if you're listening to this, it's likely right before or all of our takes are completely wrong. As the uh, matinee threw a little bit of a wrench in the Sense Central recording schedule, but that doesn't stop us from talking about the Belleville Senators. Are you kidding me? The comeback last night against the Toronto Marlies just surplants how incredible they've been in the last stretch chris and i'll get all into that and much more this is the locked on senators podcast your team every day today is saturday february 8th and Chris, before we get to today's game against the Winnipeg Jets, that Kale McCart kid, he's pretty special. Unbelievable, eh? He looks so smooth with the puck. It almost looks like the game's like slow for him. The way he just comes into the zone and always seems to find that lane to the net. And when you're playing with guys like McKinnon who can stop on a dime when they're flying down the wing and throw you a tape-to-tape pass, I mean, he doesn't make the play look any any less unbelievable when it gets on his tape he just goes with the flow with those big boys and man those four guys on that team with Miko Rantanen, Gabriel Landeskog, Kale McCarr, Nathan McKinnon like they're all under the age of what 27, 26? This team is going to be so good for so long and Kale McCarr is going to be that I think the next really good defenseman in the NHL. Yeah the next wave of it for sure um he, you mentioned Gabriel Landeskog my, my brain automatically went to that giveaway where Brady Kachuk went in, made no mistake. Um, it's awesome to see Brady get back on the score sheet after he had one. Um, I think he knew that it was offside, but the game before thought he had one, and um, and then that got called back, of course. So uh, the Colorado Avalanche, I would have, I would say, handily took care of the Ottawa Senators. Is that probably a fair way to say it? As uh, I mean, the score was four-one, but it was uh, pretty lopsided. It was for sure, and a lot of times it looked like a power play for Colorado when there was five Senators on the ice, but I think the best Senator on the ice that night, sorry, not last night, was Marcus Hogberg, and you know, he faced 34 shots on net, but we just talked about it, a lot of them were from that home plate zone, quality scoring chances, but Marcus Hogberg, I mean, he's coming out, and he's there's a lot of times he was left out to dry uh, that Hainsey giveaway right at the top of the slot there was pretty brutal. But there's a lot of times where he's coming out and he's challenging these elite shooters and he's playing really well. So I think this is a guy who's starting to progress and look more and more like a pro. And he talk, and uh, DJ Smith said, you know, we're playing these teams that are playing for playoff spots right now. So this is games where they're playing as if it's a playoff game and you're going out there as the senators and you're putting a, a guy who you hope is going to be a big part of your crease in the future in net. And he's kind of, you know, he's keeping you in hockey games and he's playing like a pro. So I think this is a really good time for development for Marcus Hogberg, where, you know, he's kind of thrown to the flames and seeing what kind of chops he has. And I think that's going to uh, do a lot of things for his development down the road. Yeah, it's going to help him a lot, especially he's slated to be the backup next year. Now, of course, uh, we're knocking on wood that Anders Nielsen can uh, can recover fully from this concussion. It seems like it's it's been a nagging thing. It must not be a, a very fun situation for him, but it is allowing Hogberg to see these these situations that he wouldn't otherwise see. He's gotten a chance. I mean, not like he's been too successful, but what goalie is going up against Alex Ovechkin, I think, three times this year. So... When you get to see 
uh, how the elite players in the NHL operate, especially down the stretch, it can only help your confidence. Uh, even if the the win loss record is uh, is not exactly where you'd like it to be, but from one young goalie to another young player, I mean, I feel like we talk about this every episode, but Drake Batherson just so comfortable. I think it was Pillar and I in the last one discussing it. So, what's your take in terms of? Do you think he should play another game in Belleville before the playoffs, or is he an NHLer at this moment? He's starting to look more and more like an NHLer, and he's getting the the ability to kind of get into an NHL routine. You know, if you looked at his last three games, it, his numbers are starting to rise. Uh, against Toronto, which was three games ago, he played 15-22, and then against Anaheim, he played 17-17, and then against Colorado, played almost 18 minutes. So his numbers are rising, so he's getting more comfortable. One thing I would like to see out of him uh, we've started to see him dominate with the man advantage, but five on five where he is getting those chances with his numbers rising. I think the puck needs to find the net more often for him. We know he's a great playmaker, but uh, a lot of times you can try and make those extra passes. I think this is a guy that right now in his development, it's easy to keep it simple. And I think pucks are going to find the back of the net. He's got five points in his last six games, four of those coming as assists. So he's starting to look like a guy who can kind of uh, move the puck more than he wants to shoot it. But I think for him, he needs to be a little more selfish in some situations. You know, he only had the two shots on goal last night in almost 18 minutes. Then just over 17 minutes against Anaheim, only had the one shot on net. So I think putting pucks on net more often for him is something where he needs to grow. And I think that's something DJ's telling him too, because we know he likes to keep it simple and, you know, put pucks on net. And I think that's going to be a big part of his development. But uh, to... Go the long way around to answer your question. No, I don't think we see him in a Belleville uniform again until the playoffs. Well, guys, we are seeing the Belleville uniforms have come to play. Last night, they did not get out to the start. They wanted, um, I think it was 3-1 at one point, 4-2 as well, both scores. Well, it was 4-2 late in the second when uh, when Branchard pulled off one of the goals of the year. I mean, you have to be living under a rock or I guess not on the internet to not have seen it. Um, he goes outside-inside on the defender and then... Uh, kind of as he's off balance because he's got so much speed from the move, uh, he's able to rip one upstairs on Casimir Cascasuo. And I mean, ultimately, you look at the final score uh, being a 7-4 game. Now that's not kind of how the game went, but how does how does that kind of get a team's confidence going? Just being able to put a, up a seven spot even after you know allowing not only the first goal but allowing you know your team to fall behind early in the game. I think this is the pesky B sense we're starting to see, Ross. Pesky sense was the hashtag a long time ago around the Hamburglar run, and we're starting to see this Belleville team, and I think a lot of confidence is coming from this team because, A, their top six can score at will, so they're having a lot of confidence in games where they can come back, but I think a big thing as well is you've got confidence in the guy between the pipes and Joey Decord, another 36 save performance in that game last night. So if you've got a guy that you think can keep you in a hockey game, that does a lot for your bench. You mentioned the branch from goal. One I really wanted to focus on too was his 25th of the season. Josh Norris scored the tying goal in what was the second of five unanswered to come back and win that hockey game. So I think Norris is just such a spark plug for that team. Once he gets going, uh, he really drives the offense for them right now. Another guy who's getting it going is Morgan Klimchuk. He's on a six-game point streak. That's the longest of his career. So this team is just finding ways to win and staying in hockey games. So I definitely would feel comfortable labeling them as the pesky B-sense. 
And not only did, um, you know, not every game's going to go his way. And Joey Decord, still a 900 save percentage, four goals on 40 shots. The Belleville Senators were outshot 40 to 31. But you know, from us talking with Joey in the past, he's a puck-moving goalie, and we got to give him stick taps on Morgan Klimchuk's goal. Joey Decord with his second AHL point Boom. Uh, with the assist. So uh, you got to love seeing that. Uh, Eric Branstrom just continues his development so he had the goal and an assist but what really impresses me is his ability to get pucks on net he had eight shots on goal in 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 the game last night um which just he drives the offensive play and you know he's showing little peaks of this offensive um you know prowess that that the senators kind of sold their fans on when the trade was made so you you know you just love to see it um there there's still a long way to go but the belleville senators i think of uh all but clinched the uh what what would you even call it? i mean i hope they have a trophy for the equivalent of the president's trophy in the nhl yeah you'd, you'd hope so the prince of wales trophy in the nhl for or sorry no, no, the, president's the president's trophy yeah best yeah, the team president's overall because yeah, that would so be a race that would be for sure and this is a pretty young franchise too like that would be pretty sweet to have in the caa arena speaking of caa arena pretty cool today ross on Hockey Day in Canada, I like when stuff like this works out. They're playing their 100th home game in Belleville franchise history tonight. So that's pretty cool. And uh, that would be pretty cool to have that in the season where you take home I, the AHL equivalent to the President's Trophy. Yeah, if you got a good name for it, tweet us at Sentence Central. Maybe we'll uh, figure out our own name if there isn't one already. But now taking a look at those standings, the Milwaukee Admirals, the only team between the Belleville Senators and the top of the table. Uh, 73 points for the Admirals, 66 for Belleville. Each team has the same amount of games played, so that's pretty cool. It's too bad I can't be down at the CAA Arena to work tonight. I got some other prior commitments. So... You know, we we gotta hope that they can get the win without me. I mean, I know I'm a big part of the team, but I think that I think they'll be okay. We there's a few other th- notes that uh, that we gotta get to as well. We put up a poll on our Twitter, as I just mentioned. You can find us at Send Central, and it's something that I'm pretty curious about. It's you know Anthony Duclair slump. <laughs> By the way, he's still leading the team in goals, which I think is wild <laughs> considering he has not scored in 16 games. Only four assists during that stretch. Now, earlier in the season, it seemed like a no-brainer to lock him up to a long-term contract. It seemed like he'd really turned a corner. So we asked on our Twitter, "How? Well, how, what about now? So the options were, you're still comfortable at four or more years. You say no more than a two-year contract. You want to bridge him. Or I gave the third option, which was try to move him right now um, with the deadline coming up. And, well... Before I give you the results, Parley, what would your answer to that be? You know, it's tough to tough to map right now uh, with what's going on contractually around the NHL, even trying to give a guy like that a bridge deal or something else. Because if you start to sign him to those contracts, he's at the age now where he's opened up to the dra- uh, the extension. If you don't, or sorry, the expansion of the NHL. If you don't put a uh, a hold on him as a team, so that's something that's coming into contract disputes right now. So. For me, with all that happening in a young team, you're not sure where you're going to be in a couple of years and what moves you're going to make. I think the bridge deal makes the most sense for me. Um, let him develop 
it's tough to, uh, I mean, the sample sample size is growing as we speak. You know, he's, uh, he's playing more games as a Senator with this group. And, uh, if he's going to be a big part of that team moving forward, I think a tough sample size with guys like Chris Tierney in the middle of them, it's tough to see where he will be full potential wise. So, uh, I think a bridge deal where you start to see some younger guys come up and see where that he takes their development. If he can drive a play from the wing, if he needs that elite centerman that the senators don't yet have at the NHL level. So I think there's a lot of things that are uh, left unanswered right now. And a bridge deal would help to uh, sure up that answer. Well, you are with the majority 54% of our 300 voters thought the same as you 39% are still comfortable locking up long-term and 7%. I'm not sure where you, your guys heads at cause you want to move them. Uh, reading a couple of comments. This one's great from Buck Burgess at Buck Burgess saying, Hey, Wayne Gretzky once went 21 games without a goal, and, you know, touche. And the, what, what I'll say as well, and a lot of the comments do read the same, is that he's still getting chances. The puck's not going in, but it's not like you're not noticing Duclair on the ice. He's still, you know, cre- creating offensively. And, may, like, his game against Buffalo five games ago, during this Nine streak, shots nine, on nine goal. Nine shots on goal, and we discussed yeah. that on the podcast. Like, there. There are times when it's okay to worry about a player. I don't think now's the time for for Anthony Duclair. I agree with that. It's a it's a situation where you know what sometimes you slump, but if the chances are there, you, I mean, I'm definitely a subscriber to the fact you uh, you earn the bounces you get, and he's earning it. So right now, I think uh, once that one finally crossed the line, it's probably it's either going to be an absolute beauty or it's going to be a bouncing puck that finds its way in off a skate blade. But they both count the same. They both get you off the schneid. And I think that once uh, those flood do- doors open, it's going to be a, a fun stretch. And he, uh, we mentioned it too when he was at the 12-game mark in this little slide he's on, uh, that he's probably hearing some footsteps behind him. Brady scored another one against Colorado, so his number continues to climb. So here he comes, uh, Brady Kachuk. I wouldn't want him sneaking up behind me. So I think Anthony Duclair is going to have uh, have some fuel under his fire, you know, and his legs haven't stopped moving, so that's an encouraging sign. He's still creating those chances himself, not just getting passes and putting pucks on net. He's He's forcing the play down the wing. So, I mean, this is just one of those things where hockey sometimes doesn't make sense, but... Uh, you could just keep working and it'll work itself out. Well, partly the beauty of an 82-game season is there's a chance for Duclair to get right back on the score sheet. Hey, if you're listening to this later on in the afternoon, he maybe already did. The Sens are in Winnipeg for, it's I'll call it fun, but I'm not a big fan of the afternoon games. I like the, the anticipation that builds throughout the day. 2 o'clock Eastern start, a part of Hockey Day in Canada. It's the first of a six-game homestand for the Jets. And they're coming in on a bit of a run, Parley. Yeah, winners of their last two of their last three, but they were on a slide before that one of their last eight. So this team is starting to get their feet going. As I mentioned earlier, DJ Smith said these are teams fighting for playoff spots, and it's uh, it's a time where they're going to be pushing. And this is a good start for the Senators. Two PM start in their building. We'll see what they can do in that one. The Senators will see another backup. Mark it down. It seems like we're saying it all the time. Laurent Brassois. Am I saying that right, Ross? Uh, yeah. Got the thumbs up over the webcam, so I'm saying that correctly. Ross is always checking my French. One t- one senator we won't see tonight, though, Borocop, because he's waiting for the birth of his first child. So that's pretty cool. Him and wife Tara, obviously, we hope for the best there. But what's funny is, and why I said Borocop, is he was shopping for 
baby stuff in Vancouver when he stopped that. So it's all come full circle. So without Boro, and yeah, we're really excited for him. It should be a, a pretty special time for his family. But of course, family comes first. So with that, somebody's got to take his spot in the Sens lineup. And that'll be Cody Golubath. He hasn't played since the Montreal game on January 11th after a streak where he probably played too much. <laughs> uh, he's played 18 games on the year. Uh, the 30-year-old still uh, looking for his first goal as a senator, although that's really not what he's there for. What is Cody Golubev in this lineup for? With all this rotating that's happened with the defense so far this year, he's just kind of the place filler back there. But uh, if this conversation is going to be having... We're going to be having this conversation, sorry. Christian Willinen is going to be coming back, so that may change what Cody Golubev's role is organizationally. So it's funny you ask that now, where there's going to be some changes, and once Christian Willinen comes back into the lineup, that Belleville team's going to take a real shot at Milwaukee, I think, down the stretch and going for that American League President's Trophy. Oh, yeah, are they ever. I mean, Willinen, I think it's understated how valuable he is. And Scott Wheeler on The Athletic put out his top 10 list of Sens prospects. I feel like you guys already know uh, what our list is. We've we've kind of gone over the prospects at nauseum, but I was kind of shocked. Maybe it's because he's too old or because he hasn't played this year, but Christian Willanen wasn't even mentioned as a prospect. So that was kind of a, a weird thing for me. But uh, but yeah, his, his presence is definitely going to be made right when he gets back in the lineup. Um, el- elsewhere in the NHL, we... It sucks to watch, but it was also kind of funny. I was working, obviously, uh, producing the Leafs game last night at TSN Radio, and when I saw Jason Spezza coming down that way, I said, you're absolutely doing your move. So the, the classic, the fake slap shot, continue straight, make the goalie bite, and then put it in from a tough angle. It's it's unbelievable. So I searched, and I was trying to do some research and find other times where he's done that in his career, and the first one I pulled up, was in 2010 against Ryan Miller, the same goalie he did that on last <laughs> night in 2020. So uh, that's that's pretty cool. So, uh, I mean, as as much as it sucks seeing him do it in the blue and white, it's it's awesome that Spets is still, uh, you know, living out his dream. Such a hockey guy. And, uh, you know, I, I hope that uh, the Sens treat him well after retirement. I don't think Jersey retirement is there, but I think pretty much everything else. I think he's a great candidate for the uh, Ring of Honor, if that's still a thing at the CTC. I agree, and it's fun to see that kind of vintage hockey come back to life. And, you know, as soon as he comes down that wing, I thought I was thinking the same thing. He was able to uh, to tuck that one home, and me and a couple buddies were watching the hockey game last night, and all of us kind of left the couch with the way he put that one in. An absolute rocket, but, yeah, definitely vintage Spezza leaning on that big stick and just ripping it home with that toe curve that uh, he had to stomp out one time for being illegal. Lots of good memories, so yeah, I definitely think he would be a uh, a good guy to watch. But I, I mean, you mentioned elsewhere around the league last night, heartbreaking loss for Edmonton. If you're a Senator fan, because they were up big, and then somehow those Sharks, without all the players, with all the players out of their lineup, somehow came back in that one. Uh, I think the final score was six three. They won their last two games, and uh, their odds are creeping down or i guess they're staying the same still in sixth for now place yeah. in the lottery uh the senators though until, they don't play until the 10th as well which is kind of interesting and the senators moving up to third i think this is a good time ross to do the tankathon spin should you do it or should i start go ahead actually we are while you're spinning i'll i'll give the odds ottawa with the third best odds right now 
of the first overall pick. San Jose was sixth. And the Senators currently riding the longest losing streak in the NHL, losing their last four games. And this is a tough one to look at. As you just mentioned, they are in third best odds with their own pick. They slip to sixth, and the San Jose pick drops another pick as well, down to seventh. So sixth and seventh on this tankathon hates me lately. Man, that we're starting to see the trends are starting to develop, and the six, seven, eighth range is where the most picks come from. And this one is unbelievable, Ross. They're playing Winnipeg today. In this spin, Winnipeg jumped nine spots into number one. Well, I think you'll like my spin. First spin, Ottawa's own pick, first overall. San Jose's pick, up four, second overall. That, oh, man. That is literally the dream scenario. And then Anaheim's pick would be third. So that pushes the divisional rival Detroit down three spots to fourth. So, hey. Nothing wrong with that spin. Yeah, we'll keep yours, bud. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we'll send this into the league office, and they can have that all checked out. Take thought. Just a quick little thing at the end of every episode of the Locked On Senators podcast. We'll let you go so that we can get this out so that you can listen to it before the Senators take on the Winnipeg Jets in Winnipeg before they head to Colorado for a rematch of Thursday's game against the Avalanche for Chris Parliament. I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.